Hey there, this is AB, and this is the Talk About God podcast. Um, I have just been not really shocked. I don't want to say shocked because that's not really the right, um, maybe baffled <laughs> at how ignorant we can be, myself included. And not like in general, but more or less to the fact that Christ himself says that there is a spiritual war raging around us. Um, And we're a part of that. And so there are times, and not to say that like everything bad that happens is something that comes from the devil or demons in general. But there are things that go on and it really should not be a surprise and we shouldn't be grasping for the wise. So scripture will tell you that the end days are going to be times in which right is wrong and wrong is right. When good is called evil and evil is called good. And I think that we can all agree. I would hope that we could agree that we can look around and see that that's, that's happening. Like that's happening all around us. Um, you know, it's one of those things that no matter how well you try to live your life and no matter how much you try to glorify God or how much you strive to truly do like the word says and pick up your cross and follow Christ, um, you're not going to be accepted by everyone. And I know just American culture and, you know, that's just what I live. So I know that being here, um, and living in, you know, what is considered part of the Bible belt, it's not unusual for people to identify as Christian at all. Um, I'm not like saying that I'm heavily persecuted because I'm a Christian. Um, as a general rule, it's not blatant. It's not obvious. It's not out in the open. It's becoming more so but it's not like full blown. This is nowhere near what it's like to be a Christian in China when you literally have to hide that you're going to church and you have to hide the Bible and, you know, things like this that are so vastly different. But I can't help but see that it's coming. Um, when word cursing is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, and you can call me crazy all you want. It's totally fine. (laughs) I get it that some of this stuff seems really far-fetched, but scripturally, unfortunately, it's sound that demons are real. And I'm not talking like just, you know, oh, he's got demons. He really battles his demons talking about somebody with alcoholism or otherwise. Um, because yes, it is demonic, um, addiction. I very much feel like has demonic roots, um, It's just further chains that bind us, that try to keep us focused on self and not paying attention to the things that truly matter. So, yes, but Jesus set people free, right? Like, that is what he did. That's what he still does. Um, And praise God. Praise God for that. So, there are times um, in my own life when I know for a fact that word cursing is happening. Um, and what I mean by word cursing, it's not just like gossip. Um, I mean like people literally 
speaking basically death over you, saying things about you and your character that are completely untrue. 98% of the time, these are people who don't even know you anymore, right? And it's just, it's hate. It's pure hate. Um, And that's fine. I mean, to each its own. But as Christians, we have to acknowledge where that comes from. We have to know how to combat that because it really can affect you. It really can affect your life. Um, When I say word cursing is real, I mean that sincerely. I mean, even even scripture talks about witchcraft um, and things like that being problems. You know, like Moses goes and turns his staff into a snake and then it talks about how the magicians of Egypt um, doing the same thing. But then Moses' snake eats the other snakes. Um, things like that. And then by the end of it, um, all the plagues and all those things, the, the magicians finally are like, like he's, he's obviously working by power greater than ours because we can't do that. <laughs> like, we're tapped out. Um, so it's not at all that these things are so far-fetched like the movies would have you believe Um, And don't get me wrong. I am all about that fantasy fiction. Okay. Um, I've struggled on again, off again with the idea of Harry Potter and whether or not this is like something that would cause me problems and something that I should have no part of or not. Um, The funny thing is I see that very much as a Christian allegory. Um, Because if you think about it, these are two characters that were born and um, both become orphans. And both lead very different lives based off of the choices that each of them make. And one exemplifies all that is, you know, really the, the finer points of human existence. You know, the, the redeeming qualities. Um, you know, humans are flawed and we mess up regularly. And then you have the one that exemplifies pure evil and our worst qualities and pride and hate and, um, just pure malice. So anyway, not that I need to sit here and justify it to you, but if you ever (laughs) are curious, that's, that's where my brain goes on it. And if that ever changes, I will gladly let you know. That's not to say like, I will not watch any horror movies. I, uh, I'm not willing to open windows, um, that need to just stay firmly shut. But, um, yeah, we all have our opinions on things and that's okay. But I just need to express the fact that I know I've mentioned about how there's life and death in your tongue. There's scripture that supports that as well. The power of life and death is, it, you know, lies in our tongue and our tongue is inherently evil. Um, this is why it's so hard to shut your mouth when you're angry, right? You just so very much want to run your mouth and you want to hurt back. Like you just want to lash back out. That's because there is evil in your tongue. Like you, you, you have to fight that. He says to take your words and your thoughts captive. Um, and it's never easy. Like I can't imagine Christ knowing for a fact that he walked this planet, knowing that he was indeed the savior, the Messiah of the Jewish people and his own brothers that grew up with him, lived in the same house. They did not acknowledge that he was the Messiah while he was alive. His own brothers could not see him for who he was. Um, 
it's just, it's weird to me that I do find so much comfort in that because in different relationships in our lives, especially close ones that can be so very difficult. Um, I take comfort in knowing that he walked all of this before me and, you know, knowing what he was going to do on the cross for them. I mean, I can't help but think that maybe his pain (laughs) was a bit worse than, you know, the rejection that we may feel at times from our own siblings or parents or, you know, friends or otherwise. Like, it's just, it's very profound. So, I will merely say that um, if you are committed to Christ, if you are truly a follower and have decided to do the hard work of being obedient, now is the time that we need to start putting on the armor of God daily. Um, please don't think I'm judging because I'm not the best at it. It's a real struggle for me. The, the enemy will give me every reason possible as to why I don't really need to read my Bible first thing in the morning. Like there will be reason that, you know, various reasons that pop up plenty of excuses. I'm never short on excuses. Um, and there are times that I know for a fact when I have certain company come over, when there are certain people that I know are on their way to my house, I will anoint my home. I will be very intentional. I will spend that extra time with God talking to him about my desire to have him truly protect my home from the enemy and any any demonic anything that may be clinging to anyone as they enter and things like that so that it may not come in and it cannot stay um I'm crazy enough that I've gone so far as to anoint the end of my driveway so nothing can cross onto my property um without God's permission um because of course at the end of the day I'm not in control this anointing situation like there's not there's power in the symbology of it like there is just like there's power in the symbology of communion right the the symbology of Christ's blood and body that was poured out and broken for us there's a huge amount of power in that symbology but the bread and the juice is just the bread and the juice like it's just stuff um and the same thing applies there. I mean, it's just oil. And what makes it so very real is your intention and your words and your heart posture in it. Um, and knowing that biblically God anointed, you know, David and all of the kings were anointed by God. Um, you know, he had his priest anointed, things like that. Like it's it's not some hoodoo magic by any means. It's acknowledging to me, it's, it's, to me, it's becoming humble enough to acknowledge I can't protect my own. I can't do it. I am insufficient on my own. And if it's not for him, I've got nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. And it's me wholeheartedly relying on him and his goodness Um, and his word and trusting that his word is good and that he will fulfill it because he's never not, um, to have any semblance of peace and feeling like I have any semblance of protection. 
So I will merely say that there are the spiritual war is raging. All you've got to do is get on social media or turn on any news at all. And you can see just how evil the world has become. You will see that there are times that good people are called evil. And evil people are glorified and celebrated as good. And um, this is not me saying as that I'm you know, got any room to judge anybody because I, by no means, I do not. You look for the fruit, right? You look for the fruit in someone's life. And when I say the fruit, I don't mean look at how much stuff they have. That's not the fruit of a good life. The fruit of the good life is a fruit of the spirit, right? Patience, um, all of those things. And I'm sorry, I'm not, (laughs) well, I'm not the best at quoting all the fruits of the spirits, but if you look it up, those are the things you look for. Is this person, you know, slow to anger or does this person immediately get so angry and then just fly off? Um, do they have peace that obviously comes from, I mean, they can only be explained as something that comes from God in extremely hard times. Um, are they patient uh, with those around them and knowing that they are not perfect and therefore they allow other people to fail as well without railing on them for how awful they are? Um, are they kind? It's It's these types of things. And I'm not... You cannot use other people around someone as a judge of those things. And I feel like I need to explain. Um, So, for instance, I can only speak for myself because that's all I really know. So, in my life, there is a group of people that I could put in a room. There's really two groups of people, sorry, that I could put in a room together those that are in my life and active participants of my life now and those that aren't. And so when you put these two groups of people in a room, what would undoubtedly ensue is one group would start talking about me in a manner that would utterly confuse the other group of people. Now, This is not because I'm living a double life. This is not because I'm ingenuine. This is not because I somehow hide myself or any of those things. Not at all. This is not that. It is merely because one group of people allows me to change. They allow me to grow They allow me to make mistakes and learn from them and, Lord willing, get better. They allow me to talk about God in the manner that I feel He deserves without immediately judging me as a hypocrite or 
immediately going, well, that's not what you said, you know, a year ago, or that's not, well, what about this behavior that you used to have? And what about that? Like, you're such a goody goody now. They don't do any of that. Mind you, I am not the same person I was five years ago. I am not the same person today that I was even two years ago. And praise God, praise God for that, for the fact that I can genuinely look at my life and see the evidence of him around me. No one else may. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you can't, but I can. And that's, that's good enough for me. And so these groups of people would end up in confusion. Photographs would be shared. I'm sure. Like, were you talking about the same person? Like this, this one, this AB, are you sure? Like, I don't know. I don't think we're talking about the same person. And then, you know, we would finally confirm that it is indeed the same person and more confusion (laughs) would ensue because one group would continue to try to change the other group's mind and the other group would inevitably, Lord willing, I would hope that they would not um, bend. So it would just be really confusing and understandably so. Now there are people who have been with me my entire life. Um, who sit back and watch and are equally as baffled without having to be in the room. (laughs) So it's just life. And I don't think that you can judge someone's character by the words of others, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It should be by your own personal interactions with that person. Um, really, if you genuinely want to judge someone's character, their kid, their kid will spell it out for you real fast. Um, because, because kids hide nothing. And so they're the ones that get a firsthand view that up close and personal view of their parents and otherwise behind closed doors. Um, they're the ones that if you go to church on Sunday and act like a perfect family and then you get in the car, but you were fighting in the car the whole way there, they're the ones who know those things. And so they're the first ones that will call it out. So I guess that's a long roundabout way of saying that hurt people, hurt people. And that's not something that's ever going to change. The sad part of it is, is hurt people who don't have God merely play with demons and entertain them. And that can be a real problem if you are wise enough in your Christian walk to call spades spades and see it for what it is. So I would just encourage you as always get in the word. There's not enough that I can say or do that would ever help you <laughs> or really decode a bunch of stuff. Like I feel like I apologize because I feel like I've been very cryptic and I'm not genuinely trying to be. I just, I don't want to scare you off and make you think that I'm like some raving lunatic either because I genuinely know that demons are real. It doesn't take much of a deep dive on the internet to figure that out. Like it is, it is blatant. 
I mean, if you don't believe me, Google it for yourself. Like, just try to try to do some digging. See what people say. I mean, there are, um, like, John Ramirez. Just Google John Ramirez. He used to be, like, in the devil's army, literally. Um, you will find plenty of people who used to actively worship Satan in a true manner that will tell you all about demons. They will, like, they will tell you anything you want to know. You just, you just look. Um, and I just think that it's so very important when Christ tells us that there is a spiritual war that we do listen and that we do armor up and we do continue to fight the good fight. I mean, Jesus was the only one able to truly resist Satan, like 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and being thirsty and wandering in the desert. And he still, with his flesh crying out, was able to resist. And he did so by saying, it is written. It is written. It is written. Every answer came from God's own word. And if you don't know what God says, make no mistake, the devil will twist it. He will sit there and stick just close enough to the truth to make you think that it's real and lull you into a false sense of security and comfort that ultimately, unfortunately, is going to end up with you in hell. And that is awful. That is something that we should all be fighting against. We should be trying to pull people out of the fire, not push them in. Even your own worst enemy, even the people that sit in the room confusing the others in my life, right? If that that hypothetical situation, the group of people that would confuse the heck out of those who are still actively in my life, even those people don't deserve to sit in hell. It's awful. It is truly awful. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I encourage you, figure out like what the scripture says about hell, what it really is. And then maybe you'll want to save people from, from that um, as much as possible. Um, anyone, even other so-called Christians. And that's the real scary part is that there are a lot of people in this world. And I used to be one of them. So this is not me trying to be a hypocrite or otherwise. This is me telling you from a girl who used to run around cussing like a sailor, drinking like a fish, smoking and all that fun stuff. And then getting up and going to church on Sunday and dusting myself off and acting like it's fine. I'm saved because this once saved, always saved theology that goes around. I just, I can't help but express the fact that there is nothing in scripture that supports that. There is nothing in scripture that says that once you're saved, you're always saved. There is a reference to something about you not being, nothing can take you from God's hands. That nothing can take you from God's hands. Okay, well, yes and no. I feel like you can. I feel like in your own choices, in your own free will, you can remove yourself from his hands. Adam and Eve did it. They made a choice that removed them and put sin in the world and separated them from God. They were perfectly saved until that point. Um, you have, you know, 
the parable about the sower and the seeds that are spread and the seed is the word of God and the word of God is spread throughout the land and it goes and it takes root and sometimes it it um, falls on rocks and the roots get burned up and so it's received super excitedly and like yeah this is great and when it comes that it's put to the fire and it's actually tested it burns up and it falls away um that's not a true salvation that's not a true conversion like if you go right back to doing what you were doing before then it it didn't really take root um then you have the other times that the weeds choke it out like life gets too hard and you find that it's a lot easier to just fit in and do what everybody else is doing because it's a lot easier trust me there's heartache in losing people there's heartache in having a pruning of your life and of your just I don't know of what you thought was a support system it's really hard so you also have those that hit the field and flourish and everyone wants to think that they're the ones that are growing and thriving but that's not always the case what proves that you're growing and thriving is your ability to not engage when someone wants you to, right? Because the world's always looking for a fight. And scripture says that the vic- the vengeance, sorry, vengeance is God's and not ours. There's a verse in um, First Chronicles, uh, I want to say chapter 30, that talks about how the battle is God's. Battle's not ours. Like, we weren't called here to fight. We were called here to put on armor. Yes. But our war is spiritual. We're not called here to sit here and run our mouths and fight each other. Not physically. The fight is spiritual. That's the fight you do on your knees. That's the fight you do behind closed doors when you're talking to God. Or, I don't know, in my case, out on a farm. <laughs> walking around by myself like that's the fight that we're called to I was never called to sit here and bash another human being and tear them down and tell them whether it be to their face or through a grapevine or otherwise it's not my job to quote set them straight you know or let them know just who they are or whatever It's not my job. I don't have to agree with everybody. And I can still love them. Like, I can still love people in spite of whatever it is I disagree with. In spite of obvious, blatant, in-your-face sin. In spite of a complete and utter disregard for other human beings. And the fact that God's word still is true. And despite their ignorance of his word, I can still love people. I can still pray for their salvation. I can still pray for blessings to be given to them um, so that above all, they can see and acknowledge that God is still God and he is still king and he is still good. And that's never going to change. And I can pray all of these things in hopes that it's going to turn their hearts, that their hardened hearts, just like Pharaoh had a hardened heart, that their hardened heart would melt and that they would come to see who Christ is truly, that they would truly repent and know him 
and one day maybe an eternity will figure the rest of it out right like I don't I don't feel like I was here to make friends I'm here to fight the good fight as well as I can and uh, pray for those around me to lend a helping hand to those that I see suffering as much as I can and that's that's it that's all I can come up with for my purpose here on this planet and if that means there are going to be people who look at me and call me a hypocrite if that means there are going to be people who look at me and call me the devil or who like I don't know attack my parenting style or you know say that I'm you know, such a goody goody now because I found Christ or say that I'm in a cult or all of these things. Like I just don't have to. So I choose not to because at the end of the day, I don't think that distance is disrespect, especially when those who you distance from are doing nothing but disrespecting you. And I think that that honestly sometimes can be the most godly thing that you can do is just not, there's no point in disputing what's being said. God knows what's said about me. He knows what's said behind my back. He knows what's said about you, what others say about you, what you say about yourself. He knows all of these things and vengeance is his, not ours. So controlling our tongue is so very important hurt people hurt people and all that can be done is get in the word know that demons are not to be entertained do not give them a name do not give them a place you kick them out you rebuke them in the name of christ you don't play around you are a child of god if you truly are a bible believing jesus following god fearing christian you will know there is nothing absolutely nothing stronger in the entire universe than god nothing if he says he will punish the wicked he will punish the wicked so your job is to not be one of them right like my whole goal in life is to get to the end and heal her well done my good and faithful servant well done will I get it all right no will everyone like me no Christ said that the world hated him first so count yourself in good company like I'm not going to be liked by everyone I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to get it right all the time. I am going to fail. And I'm going to try really hard to be humble enough to accept the grace that God freely gives me when I do fail. And learn from that mistake. Eat my crow. Apologize to whoever I got to apologize to. Namely God first and foremost. And then anyone else if that's necessary. Learn from it and move on and that to me is more important than really anything else so I encourage you get in the word 
get in it. Allow it to be written on your heart. Ask the Lord to guide you through it. Don't just read it to check it off. Like, put forth the effort. If your eyes start crossing and you can't function, ask for help. Like, ask him to help you. That's the point of the Holy Spirit. Like, he is here as your comforter, your confidant, your um, guide. Like, ask for help. There's never shame in asking for help. Um, And know that there are generational curses. There are generational demons. There are soul ties. There are so many things. If you start digging into the actual spiritual side of the world we live, your eyes will be opened. So I just pray that your eyes be opened and that you come alongside the rest of your brothers and sisters who are trying to fight the good fight and you help us. You help us to do it right. Don't add more hate to this world. It's got enough of that all by itself. Don't add more hate. Try so much as it depends, so far as it depends on you. Try to have peace with everyone. And when that is impossible, just don't engage. Like, don't, don't be a part of it. Don't be in the world and of the world. Just walk away. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what you say. Most of the time, I hate to tell you, it doesn't matter what you say. So just get the word, find out what he says, and allow that to be what guides you. God bless.